Hey, welcome back to My Lady Narcissist, a podcast about my experience with My Lady Narcissist. So if you're familiar with the podcast, you know that it's about my experience with my current wife, um, that we've been separated for about a year and a half or so. And I don't know if I've really done it justice as far as like what I experienced with her. Um, I'll say this much, let me backtrack real quick. I do want to say that this is not a podcast to diagnose anybody or tell you what narcissism is. Um, please do your research. There's all kinds of good information out there. I just don't know what I'm legally allowed to to, uh, to say or, or which channels on YouTube or articles I'm allowed to point to as far as um, the behaviors associated with narcissism. Um, I will say this. Um, the basic situation I went through is that she slowly chipped away at me, basically. Um, not so much my, my personality or my identity, just everything about me. Like, slowly chipped away at my hobbies, my passions in life, including work, to the point where if it wasn't focused on her, if my attention wasn't focused on her 100% of the time, she took that as some sort of threat. And there was there was a price to pay for that. So what ended up happening was I slowly started to lose myself to the point where eventually once I realized what had happened, it was a little bit too late to just kind of start standing up for myself a little bit at a time. I needed to take drastic measures to be able to uh, to stand up for myself and make some major life changes. So the the two biggest issues were the fact that I was taking care of all the finances and paying all the bills by myself and the fact that I was doing all the housework by myself. So she literally contributed nothing to the marriage at that point. And it wasn't like an overnight process. It was a slow, very slow chipping away of of everything that she contributed. So it started off with, you know, not being able to help with rent for one month and then Eventually, it became the electricity bill and the gas bill and the um, the cable and internet. And eventually, it was nothing, like not paying any of the bills, not helping with the groceries or anything like that. And so that's when eventually my, my savings that I'd saved up, you know, like almost $20,000 at that point, um, slowly started to fade away. And then I ended up having to use my credit cards and everything. And before I knew it, I was you know, living paycheck to paycheck and kind of floating my bills, you know, skipping, skipping one month on the credit card bill and, um, paying the electricity every other month. And just it pretty much at one point or another, every bill was behind by one month. And that's when I started to realize it was, you know, it was all me doing all the, uh, responsibilities of the marriage. And you may be asking yourself, like, why didn't you say something sooner? Well, believe me, I did. You know, I I started from the very beginning talking about how, hey, I need some help. This can't just be me doing all this. This needs to be two of us or, or at least somebody in the house, you know, one of the kids. Because at that point, the kids were, um, they weren't, like, super grown. Like, or they weren't, like, you know, 14 and 15 at that point. But they were old enough to help out or at least clean up after themselves. But, you know, like I said, every time I, I brought it up, there were the, the threats of leaving with our son 
or, you know, ridiculing me or, or just mocking me, talking about how, well, I must, you know, I must not be the man that she thought she married. Uh, I must not have been ready for marriage. I must, must not have been ready for a husband. I'm sorry. Must not have been ready to be a parent. Just, just stupid little things like that. And so, you know, like I said, it, um, it was just like a slow process. Because had, had it been that dramatic right at the very beginning, I would have been out. I would have been gone a long time ago because I have, you know, standards and boundaries and expectations when it comes to relationships and, and marriage. And, you know, it, it doesn't so much have to be like 50-50 as far as bills or, or expenses or, or housework goes. But at some point... Both people in the marriage or the relationship have to do something to contribute to that. They can't just, you know, sit on the the couch on their phones on social media for hours a day, which is what she was doing. You know, I I had reports from the kids, the her kids, that you know, mom really didn't do a whole lot once I left for work. That they were just kind of left to fend for themselves, and that's when it kind of started to hit me, like, you know, um that there just wasn't a whole lot being taken care of after I left for work. And that's when I I really started to recognize the fact that our son, who was about a year old at the time that I finally started to make these realizations that, that she wasn't, you know, pulling her weight, so to speak. Um, he wasn't being taken care of, uh, unless I was there. And so that, that was pretty, it's pretty detrimental to the marriage and everything because, you know, to me, both people have to work. If, if you're in a, um, if you're in a situation where you have multiple children and two parents and, you know, four of the kids weren't yours, then, you know, the person that brought the kids into the marriage kind of needs to, to, to pull some weight. And I guess technically you could partially blame me for not setting that expectation from the very beginning. But for me, it's just, to me, it's common sense. You know, like if I would have brought four kids into that marriage, then I would be expected to take care of those kids, not her. (sighs) But that's where, that's, that's how I ended up in the situation I ended up in. And, you know, full disclosure, I, I recognize the fact that I do have, uh, I guess a certain, relationship weakness and that weakness is I have I have like an inherent need to I guess fix things and just make things better which really almost technically isn't a weakness unless you're talking about being in a marriage with someone with narcissistic personality disorder in that case it becomes not so much a weakness but a uh, almost like a crack in the marriage you know, something that these people take advantage of. And again, this isn't a podcast meant to diagnose anybody. And the only reason I talk about my lady narcissist as being a narcissist is that she has admitted to me that one of her counselors pointed out to her that she um, she exposed me to narcissistic abuse. So with that comes just sort of this... Um, almost like inherent need 
to prove myself if somebody says that I'm not doing enough. So um, this is something that transitions into my work life as well. Like if I feel like I'm not doing enough or if a teammate feels like I'm not doing enough, I'm going to do more to make myself, um, I guess like a, uh, can't really think of a word for it, but a productive member of the team, which is what I was doing. So it was real subtle. Uh, you know, it was, it was basically, it got to the point where she would just kind of sit there and point out things that they needed, things that needed to be done. So I would jump up and I would do them. You know, it was the the counters need wiped down, the dishes need clean, we need to vacuum, and that that's another thing is these these subtle. These subtle indications were were worded that way, as in, we need to do this. And so I would jump up and I would do it. So ultimately, I realized, like, this we need to do stuff wasn't we. It was I. Like, I needed to do it. Because honestly, if it needed to done, if it needed done, there was only one person that was going to do it, and that was me. So, like I've said before in, in other episodes, like... I started doing more and more, and she started doing less and less to the point where I was literally doing everything, um, and she was literally doing nothing in the marriage as far as res- responsibilities and everything. So it really started to wear on me, and it wouldn't been it would not have been such a major issue except for the fact that she constantly had issues with my work schedule, but would make these comments about she hated my schedule and everything and hated my hours hated my job and you know I'd always present it to her like well what do you want me to do like I would love to work a day shift but I can't because somebody's got to take care of the kids in the morning and usually that's when she would reply with like you know what just do whatever you're just you're constantly changing your schedule anyway not even not even taking into consideration the fact that I was changing my schedule trying to find one that you know made her happy which unfortunately with people like this, with people like her, her specifically, I guess I should say, um, she was never going to be happy, not not with any amount of work. So if you're familiar with narcissistic personality disorder and you're familiar with the uh, the concept of gaslighting, you'll know that you know some of these statements she would make were and like super intentional to the point of like she needed to mold me and shape me and manipulate me into what she needed in a person or in a partner or or a husband. So it was like a slow process um, because she would say these, these certain things knowing who I was and, and knowing my work ethic and knowing that I was going to step up and do more than I had to do just to make her happy. So tonight I want to do an episode... Um, Kind of a little bit humorous, I guess. Um, I guess, well, I guess really only humorous if you if you can look at my situation and, and at least kind of laugh at it. So, you know, here in the last few months, I've been able to like kind of step back and, and and reflect on what I've been through and realize like it is kind of funny when you think about it because uh, honestly, she is a forty two year old child you know if she doesn't get what she wants she stomps kicks figuratively uh stomps and kicks and throws a fit and 
you know, basically lashes out in order to get what she wants. And it was just, it was super frustrating. So tonight what I want to do is I want to go over just, they're not like the top five or anything, but just five absurd statements, um, five absurd gaslighting statements that my lady narcissist made and kind of the context is a context of why they're absurd statements. So one of the very earliest seeds that my my lady narcissist started to plant was the fact that I worked so much and what I'm doing right now is I'm using some air quotes. Um I didn't realize until later uh toward the end that that was um I guess what I, what I'm talking about is looking back now I realized that she plants certain seeds in our conversation and kind of lets them grow. So, you know, the seed starts off with you work so much and then it becomes you're always working and then it becomes, you know, she continues to water it and nurture that that narrative to the point where it's you literally work 24 hours a day and I don't ever get to see you. So one of the very earliest seeds she planted and one of the very earliest statement, absurd statements that she would make was you work so much. Um, and this was repeated over and over to the point where I'd almost started to believe it. Um, but in reality, I was working 40 hours a week, which to me, I don't know how you were raised, but I was raised that to believe that, you know, adults work 40 hours a week. That is what a full-time job is. And I had a, not only a career, but a profession. <clears throat> so that was one of the first things that I, I kind of had a hard time wrapping my head around. But honestly, unfortunately, I kind of justified her perspective on things because she has never had a full-time job. She's always worked part-time. Later, I would realize that that's because she's always had a man around taking care of her financially. Um, you know, and that's unfortunate because <laughs> she, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. She's had old rich men sitting around waiting on her to be their wife, or waiting on her to be, yeah, their wife, uh, so they could take take care of her financially. Um, she's built this kind of narrative, this backstory of this just poor, struggling, single mother who's done it on her own. No, that's bullshit. That's, that's not what she did. She's always had men paying for her way in life, and that's just what it is. And damn it, if she ever hears this podcast, she will freak the hell out and try to destroy me. So as she kind of nurtured and... and grew that seed and and took care of it and everything it eventually became you're always working and eventually it was well you choose to bury yourself and work so I'm gonna do me and I'm gonna take care of myself was the narrative that she pushed and that was really frustrating for me because honestly up until that point I had rarely worked any overtime I stuck to my 40 hours and just enjoyed my time off. All right, so the second ridiculous statement that my lady narcissist would say is, the, this was a, a common theme, was, I guess I'll just have to do everything myself. 
So the frustrating thing about this statement was that she was literally doing nothing. Um, like I said, and I, I can't even say it enough, that I was doing the work of, uh, of her, me, and the different kids' dads. By the way, four different kids from four different dads when I met her. I sh- should have been a red flag, but she, like I said, she gave such a great backstory of how she had just been like lied to and cheated on and manipulated her whole adult life. Turns out she was the one doing all of that shit. So, oh yeah, that's where I was. Um, so yeah, she would constantly make these statements of, of well, I guess I'll just do everything myself. And this was literally when when I had done everything and not so much that I had left anything undone. I just didn't do it to her liking, to her standards. Um, one example I can think of is when our garage door had broken and I had called the maintenance uh, at the apartment complex to have them come fix the garage door and they hadn't they hadn't answered, so I put in the service request through um, through the portal, the resident portal and everything and hadn't heard back from them uh, for a few hours. And she asked, you know, like, what's the status on that? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I, I put in the uh, the request and everything, and she rolled her eyes and was like, <sighs> shrugged her shoulders, sighed. I was just like, I guess I'll just do everything myself. Um, so there was that situation. And then there was, you know, the constant housework that didn't get done. Um, and when I say didn't get done, I mean, like, I would literally, um, you know, hit the ground running every morning at six, even though I'd gotten off work and maybe asleep by three. Um, so I would do, you know, usually get up and do the dishes that her and her kids had left in the sink or on the counter or in the living room or in their rooms or the bathrooms. Um, you know, I'd, I'd constantly do the dishes and the laundry and everything, um, but one of these, one of these, I guess I'll just do everything myself situations was I had literally done every piece of laundry in the, the apartment. Every single piece of laundry was done, cleaned, folded, put away. Um, one morning she was leaving for work. She said, where's my sweater? It was literally the only sweater the only article of clothing I had not washed was one that was sitting on, hanging on the back of one of the dining room chairs. And honestly, she had another sweater, the exact same sweater. She had two of the same sweaters, duplicate sweaters. So I said, you know what? That one's dirty, but the other one is done. Like, let me grab it for you. So I run and I grab it and bring it back to her. Um, and, you know, because at this point I'm still helping her get ready for work so I would get off work at you know two in the morning get in bed she would get up for work at four in the morning so I'd get up make her coffee make her breakfast two hours of sleep I would do that on two hours of sleep and then go back to sleep for another hour before I had to get the kids ready for for school so so I hand her the duplicate sweater the literally the exact same sweater and she's like, rolls her eyes, puts it on, and says, well, it's not the one I wanted, but I guess it'll do. I guess if I want the laundry done, I'll just have to do it myself like I do everything around here. Do you know how frustrating that is to literally do everything 
in a marriage or a relationship and to be told that you don't do enough. But it's a completely different situation when you're dealing with somebody like my wife because if you dare say anything back other than, you know what, I'm sorry, I'll do better, or you know what, I'm sorry, uh, next time I'll have that washed, or I'm sorry, next time I'll have every single article of clothing in this apartment washed when you go to work, is means for a fight. A ridiculous, childish fight. So, a little bit more of my background is like, yeah, my parents got divorced when I was young, like 13, 14. But they had never really fought in front of us. So fighting to me in any relationship is just kind of a foreign concept because it's like, why can't you just talk out your differences and figure things out and come to a compromise? Like, I, I don't understand couples that argue and fight all the time. It just, to me, it's odd. Like, if you're in a relationship where you're fighting all the time, then why are you in that relationship? It shouldn't be that hard. All right. So third thing I want to talk about is she only made this statement one time, um, but that was enough to like really burn inside to the point where I almost said something, but I didn't just because, again, like I said, I don't want to cause a fight. I don't want to have to go to work with this crap on the on, in the back of my mind, which was the funny thing about that was she would make these statements as I was about to leave for work usually. Um, so obviously I couldn't just stand there and argue my point or prove myself to be the to to be the right one in the argument or anything. I would be like, well, I guess I got to go to work now with this shit hanging over my head. But, you know, that's what it was. So uh, the third thing that she said that was absolutely absurd was... One day she made the comment, well, I'm the one supporting you financially so that you can live out your dreams of your job. Oh, my God. Like, I literally started screaming inside at that point because there was, there was nothing that she took care of financially. Nothing. Um, she made comments about, you know, she bought me coffee all the time or paid for my haircuts or complained complained about having to do those things also. So eventually I started paying for my own haircuts, my own coffee. Like you're not you're not gonna be able to use the five dollar coffee against me as far as why you don't help with the two thousand dollar a month rent. So she said this one day as I'm getting ready for work, like makes the comment of, you know, well, I'm the one supporting you financially so that you can play out your dreams or, or you know, have your dream job or whatever. The most absolutely ridiculous statement because when you take it into consideration, um, the only reason she was working at that point was so that she could have her three gym memberships, you know, order clothes online at least once to twice a week, um, we would get, I mean, we were, we were at the point where we were getting a different package at the apartment complex, um, office every single day, you know, some sort of beauty product, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Organic D 
deodorant, organic makeup, just one thing after another. So, yeah, she she helped with zero financially. So for her to make that statement really drove me nuts. All right, next one up is you sleep all day or you're always sleeping or you're just going to be sleeping all day that day. And the reason this is absurd is for the obvious reasons that I've, I think I've covered this in, in previous episodes, but I was literally, you know, getting up at six o'clock every morning and being up all day with the kids and taking care of things around the house only to go to work and work until about two in the morning and come home and get maybe about an hour or two of sleep before I got up to help her get ready for work and then go back to sleep for an hour. So three hours total of sleep and not even all together at once. So this one this one also took another form where she would say stuff like, you realize you get more sleep than I do, right? Um, which again, absurd, completely absurd statement because unless she was going to bed at two o'clock every night and getting up at four, then she was in no way getting less sleep than I was. And, you know, for me, it's a slippery slope when, when a couple argues about stuff like that of you do more of this than I do of that, or you get this benefit more than I do of that benefit. Because then it becomes like a, a like a, a back and forth, uh, like a one-up contest. And that's just, to me, that's not healthy. Which is why I really declined to say anything in the first place. Because I knew it would just be, I knew, number one, it would be the back and forth. And I knew, number two, if I dared say anything to contradict her or to make her look bad, that there would be a price to pay for that. So usually I just shut my mouth and just was like, yeah, okay, yeah, well... Maybe eventually I can take some time off and just be home for a week so that way you can get some sleep. So I have recently, since we've since we've been separated, I have I have called her out on the fact that she um that she can't even really think of the word for her, subjected me to that sort of manipulation and abuse. And she's also admitted that she was manipulative and abusive in the in the marriage and everything. So um, it's not just me, you know, having a, a like a skewed perspective of things. Uh, this is actual, you know, words from her. You know, she's apologized repeatedly for for being that way. Um, unfortunately, the way she words it tells me that she really hasn't changed. But the way she words it is that she can't help it because she was just so jealous that she just wanted to be with me 24-7, and the fact that I chose to sleep took attention away from her, and she didn't know how to handle that, but now she does, which she doesn't, um, honestly, because I've, I've, I'll be honest, I've stayed the night over there a couple of times in the year and a half to, uh, you know, just because I wanted to, like, be with my son, and I had gotten off work late and everything, and so I went over there to sleep on the couch, and she made every effort she could to be so noisy that I couldn't sleep. So yeah, she, she hasn't changed, you know, and as, as a result of this, this programming to make me feel guilty about sleeping, not, not feeling guilty. I don't feel guilty for sleeping too much. I just, I subconsciously feel guilty for the act of going to sleep every night, you know, for however many hours I'm going to sleep. I still feel guilty 
that I haven't done enough during the, the course of my day to warrant going to sleep. So as a result, um, I sleep about two to three hours at a time and then get up for another two hours and then sleep for another two or three hours. So I am getting a lot more sleep than I was when we lived together, but it's still pretty broken up. And, and I, I did tell her this. I did tell her like, look, I still can't sleep more than a few hours at a time without waking up because I feel guilty. And she says she feels bad about that. But honestly, I think she just feels obligated to say she feels bad about that um, to try to make me think she's changed. But honestly, she she hasn't. I mean, the the signs are still there. Like the the things that she says and does, like tells me that she has yet to change. Um, the other aspect to the to the sleep issue is that she would constantly make comments about how uh, th- this is the quoted. I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. I'm so worn out. I'm so, 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 so tired. Um, and so I'm at the point where I don't even acknowledge it whenever she says these things. Um, so we're still around each other a lot because of our kid and everything. And in the last few weeks, she's repeated that that mantra almost like, oh, I'm so, 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 so tired. I'm so tired. So I don't respond at all. Um, I would definitely look recommend looking into the gray rock method, which basically says like just don't respond at all whenever they're trying to 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 throw these things out there at you to get you to to get a reaction out of you. So yeah, I've I've been ignoring her, and you would think that if somebody said I'm so 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 tired, and the person they said it to had zero reaction and just continued to play with the kid, my son, um, that they would just move on and, and not say anything else. But she would say, she says it like three or four times within a 10 minute period. I'm so, 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 so tired. And I just ignore it. And to me, that's not normal to be that tired all the time. Um, okay. So like a little bonus on that on the sleep thing. Uh, I know I said I was talking about five things. I think I've talked about four so far. So a little bonus on the uh, the tired thing is I have never met anybody in my entire life that is sick that much. I'm talking literally every day, every other day, some sort of sickness like stomach ache, my knee hurts, my shoulder hurts, my legs hurt. My head hurts. My sciatic nerve hurts. I think I have restless leg syndrome. Um, my back hurts. Can you rub my shoulders? Can you rub my feet? My legs? My hip? My knees? Literally every day something would be in pain or peril on her. She'd be, you know, sick or just she wouldn't feel good. Her stomach hurt. She thinks she had cancer. Like, literally nobody gets sick that much without it being some sort of chronic illness or mental illness. I'm sorry. I'm I'm no expert. I'm no doctor or anything. But nobody can get sick that much and there not be some sort of serious underlying issue. So on top of that, 
uh, it's a little bit more bonus here. She would go to the chiropractor. She would go to two different chiropractors three times a week. So like maybe five times a week total, she would be getting a chiropractic adjustment. Um, and then on top of that, she'd go to these different places to get vitamin B injections and go sit in their, their cryotherapy and infrared sauna. Um, or she would go get like um, professional stretches done. Uh, basically constant, like, I guess auxiliary, not auxiliary, like luxury, um, constant, constant, like luxury pamperedness. No, it's not a good word. Constant, like luxury medical care, honestly, auxiliary, like just wild out there, not, not medically necessary procedures done yet was still sick all the time um or should make comments about oh i know why i'm sick i didn't take my zinc today or i didn't take my garlic today or just constant ridiculousness so yeah that was a little bit of a bonus um so that was the four absurd statements that she has said okay final absurd statement and <clears throat> this one was said recently. Um, so if you've listened to my prior episodes, you know that I caught her cheating and everything. And she wants to work it out. And she wants to have these conversations. And, and it's usually as I'm picking up my keys and putting on my shoes, um, getting ready to leave with our son to go back to my place, my little sanctuary away from her. Um but recently, she, you know, like I said, she's she's made comments about wanting to work it out and and everything. And sometimes I do feel like I'm in a position where it's like my life can either be a living hell for a few months or just kind of intolerable for the next fifty years or so. Um, not that I plan on living to ninety, and and honestly. If she's really as sick as she claims to be all the time, then, I mean, she, she's she got, like, what, two months left? Um, God, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. Um, so, yeah, so recently she's, she's made comments about wanting to work it out, and I've told her, like, look, I don't, I don't know where I'm at, like, this is, this is why I feel the way I feel, and, you know, um, basically, like, you've, got to show me that you've made a 180 degree change like this this can't just be you fixed a few quirks here and there like you need to be 100% changed before I can even talk about um working things out with you and she asked me why you know why I was scared to work things out with her um and that's not the absurd statement I'll, I'll get to the absurd statement here in a minute you know, and I explained to her, like, look, you've lied to me, you've cheated on me multiple times, you've physically abused me, you financially manipulated me, like, like, what more, what, what more of a reason do you need for me to be nervous, or at least anxious about the idea of working things out with you? So, she makes the comment, I'm scared too, because I'm afraid, this is where it gets absurd, I'm afraid that you might cheat on me. 
pause for dramatic effect at this point. The woman who has cheated on multiple husbands and boyfriends. The woman who was caught cheating multiple times by me. The woman who spun this narrative and this tale for everybody in her social circle that I was following her around just so she could cheat a little bit longer is afraid that I'm going to cheat on her. Why? Not because I've displayed any like cheating behavior or anything like that, but because I'm a human and humans have a tendency to cheat on each other. That was her that was her justification for it. Because I asked her, like, you know, why would you think that I would cheat on you? Like, why would you think that? Like, you know, and, and I've learned over the course of the last few years, like, do not dare say, why would I cheat on you? You're the cheater. Which is what I think any normal red-blooded American would want to say. Um, oh, sorry for my, my Australian and... Um, my, I think I've got an Australian and a Canadian listener or listeners. So I really appreciate the international uh, exposure on this one. So, yeah, that was that was the the most absurd. Like when she said that, like literally my head started hurting. Um, and not to the point where I'm going to say, oh, my head hurts so, 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 so much. Or I'm so, 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 so tired. Um, but yeah, my, my head throbbed at that point because I thought, how can I even reason or, or, or combat that statement? Like that was the most absurd thing to say that because I'm human, I may cheat. Not because of anything I'd done, not because, you know, I had been out there like talking to anybody else, like literally she was the only female I talked to, um, unless I had absolutely had to at work. Um, I like I constantly like I constantly showed her my phone anytime somebody texted, anytime somebody called, I would show her who it was. Um, she had the passcode in my phone. Her thumbprint was on my phone. Like there was, and and, and on top of that, like. I'm not a cheater. Like, I have zero desire to carry on two relationships at a, at a time. And not only that, it's just, to me, it's morally wrong. Like, you don't go cheat on somebody. Like, if you're in a committed relationship, you don't go get your needs met by someone else. You express yourself and express what you need from the person you're with. So, so there's that. Yeah, so if you've been in my shoes, then you can understand why I freaked out inside on that one but I didn't say anything I just really I just ignored it shrugged my shoulders like I can't even believe you'd think that and just walked away at that point with my kid okay I'll do I'll do one more quick bonus assert statement at this point um I just feel like I've I've really gotten in a flow tonight of of just kind of putting things out there um so the final absurd statement is kind of a generic one, um, but it was, you always blank. You always do this. You always do that. You always fill in, fill in the gap with whatever you want at this point. Um, 
So the reason that one's an absurd statement is for two reasons. Number one, nobody always does anything except breathe, you know. Nobody always flicks their fingernails in the sink. Nobody always drinks a certain drink. Nobody always um, wakes up late or or anything like that. So um, the reason, the second reason this one is an absurd statement is because I got caught her one time. And this was after I had said, uh, after I had told her this, because this was before I realized that there was like a mental health issue um, behind all this, um, I had called her out on it one time. I was like, you know, that's 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 a weird statement to make, like that I always do something because nobody always does anything. Like, I may have done it a few times or whatever, but I don't always do this. And so, she had shut down and given me the silent treatment on that one. But um, the the defining moment was when I had done something. I can't even remember what it was at this point. I, I'd done something, but it was, it was the first time in my entire life I had done it, and she made the comment, "You always," and she caught herself and realized, "Shit, this dude's already onto me at this point. If I finish this statement, he's really gonna be onto me." So she stopped. Um, but she's, um, honestly, she didn't even. <clears throat> She didn't even finish the word always. She just said, you oh, you oh, and caught herself. So, yeah, that's a little quick bonus on that, on that, uh, on the absurd statements that she would make. So that about does it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it, honestly. Um, if you're experiencing similar issues, I'll definitely look into, again, I'm, I'm, I may email the doctor that I'm specifically talking about because I don't want to. I don't want to cross any lines. I don't know what the, the legalities and everything are. Um, but I, te- I definitely want to give her a plug. Um, she's on YouTube. She's got a ton of narcissistic personality disorder videos. And honestly, I wished I had... I wish I had found those very early on in my adult life. Because, um, yeah, things would have been a lot different right now. But that's okay. You know, I got a great experience from it. Uh, We got a a beautiful son from it. Um, You know, I I don't regret the experience. I just kind of regret how long I stayed. Um, And I also regret the fact that I'm kind of on the fence still at this point. Um, But yeah, I I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, If you want to hear any specific story... Sorry. If you want to hear any specific stories, feel free to email me at myladynark at gmail.com. That's M-Y-L-A-D-Y-N-A-R-C at gmail.com. Um, like I said, this, like I've, I've probably said this about 15 times over the course of these, these last few episodes is that, yeah, it's going to be super low tech for right now. Like, uh, looked around at different microphones and everything this weekend i just uh, i have buyer's remorse before i even buy anything so i'm just i'm kind of looking around like kind of trying to figure out which microphone i want to get for my iphone and everything uh, oh crap i said iphone um uh, my smartphone um just to kind of figure out what exactly 
uh, is the best option for me. Um, can't really find anything as far as uh, uh, editing the content. So if you have any suggestions, feel free to email me and, and let me know like what the best um, podcast editor there is. Right now I'm using Anchor and can't really figure out how to like cut and paste and, and rearrange or or even like change the uh, the sound quality on it. And honestly, it's, I, I find it amazing that the phones have trouble hearing your voice and, and making it clear, but can pick up my dryer in the other room dry my clothes so that's about it so like i said um yeah please feel free to reach out to me send me an email um uh, if you know me personally and uh, um i've shamelessly told you about my podcast i definitely trust you with this information and i appreciate you listening um until next time please you know watch your back watch yourself And don't let anybody get in your way of success. Thank you and have a good day.